Welcome, Lepo. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Christian Espinoza. Christian, are you ready to do this? Yep, let's go. Let's go. Christian is a veteran. He is a speaker, an expert in cybersecurity and EQ. His newest book is The Smartest Person in the Room, Root Cause and New Solution for Cybersecurity. Christian, excited to have you on. Tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. A little bit about my personal life. I like adventure. I like things with waivers. Basically, if you have to sign a waiver that you might die or lose a limb, uh, I'm sort of attracted to it, like mountaineering, skydiving, Ironman, triathlon. I like to travel. Uh, I bought a couple old used RVs, and I'm living in one of them uh, right now, north of Phoenix area. I'm restoring another another one. It's a 1974 Winnebago. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of an adventure. I had some blood clots in February in my left leg, which kind of sidelined me for a while. Uh, I nearly died from that and uh, it's sort of forced me to reevaluate my life a little bit. Um, but I'm working to get back into Ironman Triathlon. I have a couple scheduled next year. So I'm sort of slowly recovering from those blood clots. Uh, professionally, I sold my cybersecurity business, uh, Alpine Security, in December 2020. And I exited the parent company in June of this year. Uh, and right now, I'm focused on a few things. One of them is my new book uh, that I'm doing revisions for right now, a TED Talk, uh, real estate investing, and then launching a brand new cybersecurity company in January. I plan on hitting that pretty hard. And I do what I do to really increase people's awareness to give them some tools to make that awareness actionable so they can remove the glass ceiling that's holding them back and achieve more and live a better life. Well, I certainly appreciate all that. Blood clots. How does that present? Yeah, it's interesting. I I flew back from Phoenix to St. Louis. I was living in St. Louis at the time. And I, I did some burpees and some core work. Uh, I, I worked out and then my left uh, leg started hurting. I thought maybe I just pulled a muscle. So it's like right behind my knee, like my upper calf muscle. And then I noticed I was having like trouble breathing, walking up the stairs and I'm usually in pretty good shape. And I was talking to a friend of mine and they're like, you probably have blood clots. You should go to the hospital. I'm like, I don't have blood clots. I'm an, I'm an Ironman athlete. I don't, you know, I don't have health issues, but she, you know, coaxed me into going to the hospital. I went and I didn't just have one. I had six in my left leg, which uh, was pretty uh, devastating news. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Super scary. Thanks to your friend for suggesting that you go to the hospital. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't like hospitals. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Even though somebody that has an affinity for signing waivers, it's kind of a, you would think that maybe you'd be comfortable there. So <laughs> I have ended up in a few of them because of that. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's an unfortunate byproduct probably. So <laughs> right on. So, so cybersecurity, I don't know that, and this is probably the reason for your book that when I think about cybersecurity, I don't think a lot about EQ. So how does, how does that connect? In the cybersecurity industry, there's a lot of really smart people, rationally intelligent or high IQ, and everybody wants to be significant. They want to feel significant. And I think most people in cybersecurity get their significance by being, you know, quote, smarter than other people, talking over their head, you know, having all this jargon that nobody understands. And I believe that the lack of emotional intelligence in cybersecurity 
and in other industries, it's not just cybersecurity, is holding the industry back because if you're always trying to be smarter than somebody, it doesn't make for good collaboration or good communication. Yeah, that's a, and the result is, is probably a lot of risk to organizations. That's a terrible, terrible combination. Obviously, it's good to be a smart person. And we all do desire to be significant and to be viewed as as an expert in our field. But when that leads us to be more ego driven, or maybe we're just not thinking about it, that probably uh, um, causes risks. Yeah, exactly. And when we're talking about cybersecurity, these are these are probably big, big, big risks. Yeah, if your team can't collaborate well together, uh, then the uh, ha- hacker might be able to find a way in because your team is too busy trying to prove one person smarter than the other one versus collaborating and uh, and functioning better as a team to prevent the hackers from getting into an environment. So that is uh, what what now seems to me like a pretty obvious problem because I've certainly been around these kinds of people and people who are listening like oh yeah yeah that's that's this person within our organization or I've worked with people mm-hmm. like that in the past so it's not an easy way it's not an easy thing to 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 make that shift or 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 is it how how, how does that shift happen I think it's uh it's a simple thing to make the shift but it's not easy like you said there's plenty of resources out there on how to improve your people skills and raise your emotional intelligence. I think the challenge is that we have sort of tolerated this behavior for so long that we've made it acceptable. We even have, you know, TV shows to make fun of this stuff. And I'm a believer that you get what you tolerate. So if you tolerate in your organization or in our industry that we have these super smart people that can't get along with anybody and that's just the way it is, that's the way it's always going to be. Uh, so there has to be a little bit of pressure from the organization, but there also has to be some internal drive from the individual to realize like, you know, I'm super smart, but I'm actually being held beneath this glass ceiling that I, you know, I can't see it. That's why it's called a glass ceiling. Because if I had these people skills, then maybe I would get promoted like so-and-so just got promoted that isn't as technically as smart as me. Uh, so it needs to come from both the inside and the external, um, a little bit of external pressure as well, I believe. And, and that's up to the company. And that's what I did with my company is I really worked hard to fix the culture and establish a culture in my company. So when we talk about establishing a culture, what what are the variables that that need to be present? Assuming that everybody working in cybersecurity probably has the intelligence that's required to do the actual work, and then talking about EQ, what are some of the other things that need to be there for somebody to grab a hold of this? Yeah. So from a culture perspective, what I did is establish core values. I realized. Most of the problems that I had in my company were because people didn't believe the same things I believed. And I used to think before I had my own company that core values were like a bunch of BS. It's just something companies put on a wall, but nobody followed them. But when I have my own organization and saw it from a different lens, I realized that if that the problems I have are because people aren't aligned with what I believe. So I need to establish these core values. And then I made hiring decisions not based on someone's technical ability or their you know skill set but based on do they align with my core values 
And do they have the appropriate people skills? And only if they meet those things will I look at their technical skills. <laughs> that makes and you a have ton to enforce the core values. Yeah, it, it's also it's not something that organically just works. You have to constantly remind people and enforce the core values as well to change behavior. Yeah, hoping hoping that uh, that people are just going to figure it out and it's going to work out great. Probably not a great strategy. Right. Hope is never a great strategy. <laughs> no. And that's one of my favorite. You, you you get what you tolerate. That's that's one of my favorite ideas or or, or, or quotes or truisms. because um, that just that's that's how that works out. And yeah. So and I, I same as you. Like, oh core values, that's that's BS. It's just, you know, it's just a nice thing. It's talking points. But when in reality it's one of the most essential tools that an organization can have. Um, on the selection end, when you're making hiring decisions to make sure that you're making good choices. And do you find, did you find that folks that were in existence, like already there before you enrolled or you put your values in place that they selected out or that they came on board with it? How was that evolution? Uh, it was, <clears throat> it was tough. Uh, I had a couple people, you know, opt out quit and I had to uh, let a, a couple other people go basically and sort of reestablish uh, from a few, uh, quite a few people stayed and they already met the core values and understood why I value, why, why those are important. But I sort of had to rebuild the team around the core values because some people just, some people want more, but they're not willing to make the change, you know, and, and, and that's one of the, the things I, I talk about in my book. There's a guy I used to work with, I was, thought about bringing him on as a partner but he did not want to develop people skills and he seriously defended his identity of not having people skills, which meant he wasn't going to change it. So it wasn't a good fit. So this individual was proud of the fact that I, I don't bother with that junk. <laughs> he was proud of the fact, but he's also, and I think a lot of us do this. We think, this is just who I am. This is my identity. And when someone confronts your identity and asks you to change it, because he said, so you asked me to change who I am. I said, if you want to be a leader in this company, absolutely. I'm asking you to change who you are because the way you're currently talking down to everybody and, and pissing off clients and, and, and teammates isn't the right skill set for a leader. And he said, well, I don't, I'm not going to change my identity. I'm not going to change who I am. That's just who I am. And I think a lot of us defend who we are at our own expense of uh, progressing in life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's true. So the opportunity is that we have these blind spots. The example you used is this glass ceiling that we're running up against. So we're banging our head on without realizing it. And, and sometimes you're going to run into contributors like you're talking about just a second ago like this is my identity this is who i am i'm not interested in changing but presenting that vision of when we put all these variables together it's going to make us as an organization way better and it's going to help the the companies that we serve way better that's is is that what you're driving at yeah, absolutely. It, it helps the individual because uh, a lot of people want to defend that they don't need people skills. They they just need technical skills. And I, I typically, you know, will counter that a little bit and say, well, 
if you learn people skills, which have an infinite shelf life versus technical skills have a finite shelf life, that will help you in all aspects of your life because you probably have parents, you probably have a spouse, you probably have children. So these skills we're talking about learning will enhance your overall life, not just your professional life. Uh, and if that individual improves those skills, and I think the industry as a whole will improve as well. Uh, because industries are made up of individuals. And, and, and this is a problem across other industries as well. And I think today in our world where we're more disconnected, people don't talk face-to-face hardly ever. Uh, a lot of people don't even put themselves on video on, on Zoom calls. I think the people skills is becoming a, a pandemic of its own in some regard. Lack yeah. of people skills. It's there are people out there, lots who are more introverted, who doesn't come naturally that they're not necessarily comfortable um, having having casual interactions. So how do you approach training for somebody who says, you know what, Christian, I'm open to this, but I just have no idea. I think number one is they have to have embrace a growth mindset, which basically says my traits are malleable. My brain is not just hardwired for one specific way of thinking or one way of feeling or one way of taking action. So once they embrace that and and you can give them enough reasons to want to make the change, uh, like I said, improving their career, making more money, if that's their motivator, because if, you know, if you're, if you're a good communicator in cybersecurity, and you have the technical skills and your teammates like, like you, for instance, you're going to make a lot more money than just somebody that's just really good hands on keyboard in the closet. So if you can give people enough reasons to make the change and they can adapt that growth mindset. Uh, and in my book, I talk about seven steps, uh, seven step methodology to kind of walk them through a systematic approach to improving in this area. I think people can make the shift. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's fascinating. Always fascinating to watch people who are willing to um, embrace difficult change. And then once they have that methodology or steps in some kind of a process, you know, you do this, then you're going to do this and this is the result you're going to get. Um, I think that that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's a really exciting thing. Um, and for the folks who aren't, well, then maybe it's a deselection process. So probably not going to be a fit here. Right. And I, and I would say that I am an introvert, probably if by nature, I like to be alone a lot. Uh, and I, it took me a while to learn these skills and to realize that I, you know, I used to want to be the smartest person in the room as well. And what I had to get used to was being uncomfortable and sitting in that uncomfortableness for a while. And I think that forced you to grow. So if you're not good at small talk, you have to practice it just like a skill on the computer. You have to walk up to somebody, start a conversation. It's going to be uncomfortable and you got to sit with the discomfort for a while, but that's where, when really growth comes. So it's, it requires practice. It's, it's not just like there's a, a, a switch you flip and all of a sudden you're great with people. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's gonna. I mean, incremental change for sure. I mean, it's yeah. true of 
completing an Ironman or moving from being somebody who doesn't consider myself to be a people person, or maybe I've never thought about what EQ is to all of a sudden I'm comfortable being more patient with, with people and, and, and explaining my thinking and involving them in it as well. And, 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 and moving together versus me just sort of lecturing or giving orders because I'm the smartest person. Yeah. So I love it. Easier said than done, or it's, it's hard. It's easy, but hard to do. That's, that's probably the right way to look at it. Yes. <laughs> A lot of things are hard to do, but they're easy. You just have to have the the right motivation to take the steps to do them. I love it. So the new company that's, 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 that's exciting as an entrepreneur. Sure. Are you, uh, you're, you're, you're ready to get back into it. I am. I have been doing real estate investing primarily this year. Uh, the past six months, I've got quite a few properties I'm renting out a property management company. And then my next cybersecurity company, I've got it formed, but I'm really launching it uh, January. We'll be focused on, on healthcare, the healthcare industry and doing security risk assessments for them, as well as medical device penetration testing and uh, web application penetration, penetration testing. Those are the main areas. Yeah. Well, those are, uh, those are good ones to focus on. I have to imagine. <laughs> and oh, we probably always have been, but moving into the future, certainly. So well, that's super exciting. Well, Christian, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? What's the best way to engage and where can they get a copy of the smartest person in the room, the root cause and new solution for cybersecurity? They can go to my website. It's christianespinoza.com to learn more about me. I'm also on all social media. My book is available on Amazon and it's also on Audible if you like to listen to books like I do. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Christian, Christian your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to christianespinoza.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-E-S-P-I-N-O-S-A.com. Pick up your copy of The Smartest Person in the Room on Amazon and listen as well on Audible and find Christian on social media. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Christian. Yeah. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.